The following podcast is part of the Joy Road Media family. Enjoy. Welcome to Camp Creep, a podcast focusing on anthology horror. Starting with Tales from the Crypt. Hi, I'm Camp Counselor Lauren Jewell. And I'm your least favorite camp counselor, Tish Delano. Sup. Whew! Happy... Actually, you know what? What? When this episode comes out, we will be driving. <gasps> to Salem! Yeah! We're going to uh. Salem, assuming nothing shuts down in the next seven days. <laughs> Please don't. We are very happy to say when we looked it up today that Salem has a very strict mask mandate. So thank you, Salem, for giving a damn yeah, about, great. about our lives um, and the lives of the people that live in your city. We appreciate that. We here at Camp Creep are very pro-mask, pro-staying alive. Get your vaccine. Get the shot. It's fine. I was in the drug trial. That's right. Boils and ghouls. I allowed mad scientists to experiment on me. Not at any point. I started emitting a Wi-Fi signal. No tail, no extra appendages. I've been vaccinated since last October. So 10 out of 10, recommend. For sure. For sure. And I've been vaccinated since April? Mid-April, give or take. Yeah. Still good. That's valid. I haven't grown any extra phalanges, and unfortunately, I don't have a tail. Yeah. I was most disappointed about not starting to emit a Wi-Fi signal. I was really looking forward to being able to cut Comcast out of my life. Oh, that would be super <laughs> dope. Right? I'd rather pay you money every month to be my Wi-Fi. <laughs> Just come stand and sit in your living room while you surf the net and watch your Netflixes and shutters. Oh, yes. Yeah. So much time on Shutter. Oh, so much time. So more life updates. I had to cancel my honeymoon. So we were going to be getting married this October, my fiance and I. And we were going to honeymoon at Universal, do Halloween Horror Nights. Because if you've never been and you're into the whole haunted scene, save your pennies. Do whatever you gotta do. It's so worth it. And we were gonna do that for a couple days and then spend the rest of the time in Tampa. And then Florida became even more of a hot mess than it already mm. is. So we had to make the painful decision to go ahead and just uh, cancel that. Agonizing. I was super geeked about Halloween Horror Nights. I mean, and Honeymoon. Love you. Yeah. Steven, I love you. <laughs> and Honeymoon, but like, I was psyched. I love Universal. It's the happiest place on earth for me. Disneyland can suck it. It's Universal all the way. I have only gone to Universal once and I was in high school, but you had to literally drag me away from the mummy ride because I wanted to ride it nonstop. Oh, yeah. It's a great underrated ride. Right. And we would get into the line and maybe five minutes tops later, you'd be on it again. Yes. And there'd be the beautiful fire and everybody was super cool. Yeah. It's an indoor roller coaster for those of you that have never had the privilege to go to Universal. That's super fun. There's also never a line at the Men in Black ride. Oh, yeah. And that was really cool, too. Oh, God. That ride is so much fun. 10 out of 10 recommend. I also did E.T. because there was no line. That is the most dated ride I've been on, and I'm shocked. I, I cannot believe they tore down Jaws, but they left E.T. Despite the fact that I 
have a deep hatred for Miss Joanne Rowling. I did enjoy the Harry Potter portion. Super magical to go to Hogwarts. And Jurassic Park. Oh, Jurassic Park. I rode the Jurassic Park ride, the one that is no longer there because they've replaced it with a newer one based on the Jurassic World movies. They did a whole update. But I rode that ride so many times because there was no line. It was the best. Having a big T-Rex like get right in your face and scream. Now kiss. Yes. Okay. <laughs> if you insist. My, you can't see it, but I'm making Mickey outie face. I would take a photo, but please don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't need you to be mad at me before we potentially spend like. <laughs> 30 hours in a car yes, together. Yes, we are driving to Salem because we really like side quests. Also, we're pretty broke and also flying, not feeling super confident in that yet. Yeah, and also it doesn't help that one of Camp Counselor's Tish props is a chainsaw. Yes, yes. And um, I also have my microphone, so. I don't want to try to get on a plane with that. It's fine. We'll just drive. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good. All right. Are you ready to creep through the crypt? I am so ready to creep through this crypt. We're going to do things just ever so slightly different because luckily we double checked things ahead of time. <laughs> and it turns out my creeperosity and something that Tish was going to talk about were eerily similar. Yeah. So we divided up. So my fun fact of the day is about quicksand, which will come into play in the episode. Quicksand is sand that behaves as a liquid because it is saturated with water. It's denser than the human body, so people and animals can get stuck in it, but they generally don't get sucked down to the bottom. They just float on the surface. The tip I got was that our legs are pretty dense, so they may sink, but the torso contains the lungs and the is buoyant enough to stay out of trouble. Thank you, Britannica.com. Excellent. So now that we just had that little science corner, this is how you get out of quicksand. So this is your creeperosity for today from eaglecreek.com. Make yourself as light as possible by removing your bag, jacket, anything you can. Try to take some steps backwards. Keep your arms out of it which makes sense. I really feel it's easier said than done because like, well, first off, I'm scared enough of like going to Florida where they have sinkholes. Ah. I'm scared enough of sinkholes. I don't need to add quicksand to this list. So let me just install this fear into other people. This is season two, episode four, Till Death. And this is your synopsis. This episode is based off of the 28th issue of The Vault of Horror. Having sturdy homes and relationships have a lot in common, starting with the strength and stability of the foundation. Sketchy businessman Logan meets uppity Margaret and tries to woo her into a business relationship with benefits. Their romance puts the quick and quicksand win. Shenanigans ensue and everybody gets what they deserve. And a quick content warning for all you campers at home that are planning on watching along. There is some domestic violence in this episode. Just giving you a heads up. So Camp Counselor Tish. Yes. We return to the crypt and we are also greeted with 
the return of the Crypt Keeper's feet. <laughs> Uh, more Crypt Keeper feet. No. I was truly too happy about the chaos I knew this episode start was going to bring. I instantly screamed at my TV when I saw those little, little wrinkly, gross tootsies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're right there, front and center. I checked again. Still no wiki feet entry for the Crypt Keeper. All of you pervy campers out there have really disappointed me. I fully expected one of you by now to start a Crypt Keeper wiki feed entry. Yeah, guys, come on. You have to do it for Tish's wedding present, please. Yes, please. So we have the Crypt Keeper. He is lounging under a tanning light because he doesn't look enough like a leather handbag. He has his usual little punny banter, and then we cut to the comic cover. I wanted to point out, just because this is probably my favorite comic cover. Okay. I don't know why. It's kind of got a little bit of, like, I don't know, Return of the Living Dead vibes? I dug it, though. I really dug it. It's my favorite so far. I'll have to look it up because I can't currently imagine it. But I believe you. <laughs> it sounds delightful. Yes, I really enjoyed this uh, the cover art. And then we open up to the episode. The first-person view of somebody walking through what appears to be a jungle at night. You hear the sound of drums beating and get glimpses of a fire up ahead. Yes, there appears to be a very lively scene in front of us where there is a ceremony taking place and a woman with a veil comes out and gives a nod to somebody holding an animal of some sort. This is a very stereotypical Hollywood portrayal of any kind of religion that is not Christian, not white. So I'm pretty sure that there is some sort of animal sacrifice as the woman in white holds up a black and white photo of a man. You see blood spatter on it. And then she sets it in the fire. Ooh. And then the very next scene, we see that man that was in the photo. We're going from like an outdoor ceremony to a very swanky bar lobby in a hotel and there's very soft jazz piano in the background. Mm -hmm. Everybody is dressed to the nines. There is a guy standing at the bar and he's pouring himself a drink and another guy comes over and they're cheersing about the future. This is our introduction to Logan and his partner in crime, Freddy. Logan immediately upon first view, you know this man is a tool. Mm -hmm. A total tool. Tim the two-man tailor. (laughs) Yes. He's gone on a white tux and it's not even the white tux because everyone's dressed very fancy but he just has this look on his face and the note i have about the look on his face it just screams god the poor should just stop being so poor if they don't want to be poor anymore god (laughs) that's just the look and the air about this man he never says that He says some pretty awful things, but that is just, you can clock him from a mile away. You know exactly who this is. Oh, yeah. No. Everybody in this episode, with one exception who we haven't necessarily met yet, is super fucking shitty. Everybody sucks. For sure. For sure. So now that this older guy, Freddy and Logan, are standing next to each other, there's a whole other additional layer of questionable shittiness for Logan there. So it is heavily implied that Logan was married to a woman named Fitzgerald up until maybe a week ago. Yeah, and then his little business partner, quote unquote, missed the call when the widow Fitzgerald went into cardiac arrest. 
test. Hmm. Not sketchy at all. Totally seems legit. Freddie and Logan have just scored big thanks to the death of the widow Fitzgerald. They've got the escrow papers to the Fitzgerald estate, and they're planning on building a hotel on the land. And as you can tell, Logan is super distraught about losing the potential love of his life, Fitzgerald, that when he sees a very pretty woman sit down from across the room at the bar, he must know who she is. But Freddy is like, maybe you don't want to know who that is. While she does come from a very rich family from London, she's a little bit, I believe he calls her high strung. Yes. But Logan convinces Freddy that no, 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 he has to know who she is and he has to be the one to show her around the island. So Freddy begrudgingly is like, okay, fine, I guess, let's go. So they walk over to the bar where we meet Margaret Richardson. She is white. So white. Very white. And she is complaining about everything. Literally nothing about this place brings her joy. I don't even think she likes the champagne. No, she complains that this beautiful tropical island that they're on is too humid. It's too hot. The food is too spicy. And it's oh so, and I quote, ethnic. So in conclusion, Margaret is fucking racist as fuck. And beyond also. So Logan whispers this, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like a whisper because you can fucking hear him. He says, you said she was a tad high strung. (laughs) She's a bitch on wheels, which is probably the only redeeming thing Logan says this entire episode. Yes. To be fair, they're both pieces of shit. Legit. So, I mean, they're kind of a match made in heaven. But yeah, she goes on to bitch about the service on her flight. It wasn't First class, it may well have been steerage. (laughs) Oh, God. Shut up, Margaret. A man runs into the party and is screaming for Logan, saying, Boss, there's been an accident. You need to come with us. So they run outside to find that one of the employees, Charlie, fell victim to quicksand and died while they were cleaning up the island. That sounds like an OSHA violation, but okay. Uh, It turns out that the land that Logan has just inherited and is planning on building his hotel on is covered in quicksand. And it's too dangerous for the crews to keep working. Yeah, you know what they really need here for this location? What's that? An HR person. They do, they do. Hey, Tish. Hey, Lauren. Do you, uh, do you want to jump into a television show and be HR on an island? Right? Um, oh no, I get to work on a beautiful tropical island. Except, you know what? I really don't think I want Logan to be my boss. I don't think he really cares about the safety of his employees. Most likely because they're all poor, and from what we can observe, they're all black. So as I don't think he cares what happens to them. No, he really doesn't because the next line is Logan grabbing the foreman by the shoulders and shaking him. And he's like, no, we need to fucking do this and you're going to do it. But the foreman says it's going to take more money than God to make this place a working foundation for a hotel. Mm -hmm. That's the key when you're working with somebody that really doesn't give a damn about human life. Mention that it's going to cost them a lot and then they may, they may take some time to uh, reevaluate the situation. But not Logan. Logan doesn't give a damn. He's a fucking idiot. Yeah, I mean, he is devastated about the idea of losing, potentially losing money. Not, he doesn't give a crap about the employees that have been swallowed up in quicksand. Yeah, but he's, that's the thing about Logan. He is always willing to do what 
it takes, which means doing the insufferable Margaret. So Freddie and Logan realize that Margaret is the answer to their financial woes. And Logan goes back to visit Margaret and purposefully calls her by the wrong name. <laughs> okay, fun fact. Uh-huh. That's how Stephen got me. <laughs> I actually have that in my notes. Which I'm pretty sure that's a real tactic, and I would be fucking pissed he, about he it. He swears he did not do it on purpose. We had met at an event earlier in the day, and then I was hanging out at a bar alone, and he came up and sat down beside me, and he called me Sarah, and I was like, yeah, Ooh. my name is Tish, and he's like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. Let me buy you a drink to make it up to you. Oh, okay, uh, okay. You know, he's lucky he's cute. It's... Yeah, it's true. Him and his curly mustache and all. <laughs> so Margaret points out that everybody else knows her name. And he says, perhaps I've been spending all of my energies remembering your face. <laughs> right. That is the proper <laughs> reaction. Just learn the fucking name, guys. Yeah. And here's the deal. She may be a bitch, but Margaret ain't no fool. She calls him a boorish young hustler. That a is- b- b- burn. One thousand percent. That is Logan Andrews. Yes. Margaret may be xenophobic trash, but she sees right through Logan's bullshit. So we cut to Logan visiting a gal pal. Yeah, he refers to the priestess from the beginning of the episode as an old friend. She does not appreciate that, and I do not blame her. It's heavily implied that she's an ex, but he is there all about the business. He's very miffed that Margaret has dared reject him. How? I have no idea why. So we find out that her name is Psyche, and she is truly the best character in this entire episode. He wants to hire Psyche to help him seduce Margaret, like you said. And I was a little alarmed at how quick she agreed to do it. Yeah, and she already had it whipped up. She just, like, walked in the back, walked right back out, and was like, here's your love potion. Yep. But wait. There's more. There's some very strict instructions. One drop, she'll be your wife. Two, she'll be yours for life. They seal the deal with a kiss, and as soon as the kiss is done, he wipes it off, and we are wiped off to the next scene. Yeah, I had a I had a question. I was like, he didn't give her any money. I was like, was that kiss how he was paying for this service that she just provided? So I imagine it's probably a lot of work putting together a love potion. But she kissed him. Yeah, so I'm assu- I'm like wondering if that was supposed to be like the payment. The payment. Wink, mm. wink. A little roll with the. I feel like she's really getting ripped off here. (laughs) Yeah, I'd rather have his money than his germs. Right? Yeah, ew. So Logan is showing Margaret the blueprints for the Hotel Calypso that he wants to build on this island. But Margaret is also a businesswoman. Mm -hmm. And she points out all the flaws. Yeah, she's having none of his bullshit and sees right through everything. So naturally, he does what one does and and drugs her with a love potion. Yeah, Margaret calls him a bad risk and Logan is trying to, again, convince her that, no, 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 this is a good idea. This is a good idea. And everybody loved you last night. And she says, if that's the creme de la creme of island society, then give me skimmed milk. (laughs) 
Which is a very good burn, but I yes. don't like it either. Yeah. And she takes a sip of her drink that he has prepared for her that's, of course, laced with this love potion. And immediately it has an effect on her. See, I have a question about that. Uh-huh. Because it had an effect on her, but I think... I think what had also happened, because she then slaps him after they start making out. Yeah. I wonder if she actually saw him putting something in her drink Mm -hmm. and decided, okay, fine, I'm going to take a drink of it, but I'm going to react quickly in the sense of I'm going to get the fuck out of this room so you can't do shit to me. I think Margaret would have beat the ever-living crap out of him and then been upset because she broke a nail. Uh, Yeah, don't want to break a nail. It's very important when it comes to beating a man. Very important. (laughs) So yeah, Margaret slaps him and says over my dead body which is big oh energy for this episode (laughs) so we cut to that night in logan's room it's a very beautifully lit scene margaret waltzes in through these double doors and very ethereal curtains Mm. and i have a note that says that dramatic lighting though (laughs) and she starts insisting that he call her maggie and she ravishes him and then my next note just says ew Because they're both just disgusting people, and also she's not really consenting to this, so it's just all around icky. It's true. So the next day, we're back at Psyche's place, and we're cutting back and forth between Logan and Maggie and Psyche. And Psyche is doing something. So it's like there's a part two of this love potion, and you see her chanting and lighting candles, and there's some stones... And I'm really curious as to what exactly is this love spell potion doohickey that she gave Logan? Yeah, and we see she's got these little figurines or these little, like, dolls that are out. So, yeah, she's doing some some magic over there. But is it for what Logan wants or for what Psyche wants? I mean, I support anything Psyche decides to do. Right? Because so. she's fierce. Yes, she is the best. But back to Logan's bedroom when he and Maggie are lounging in post-coital bliss. Mm. They get some champagne brought into them and Maggie, being Maggie, doesn't like the way his servant looks. Yeah, because she's fucking racist! Yes, and thinks he should be fired. Yeah, and with the 5% of Logan that maybe isn't total trash... And I'm being super generous. Yeah, that's incredibly generous. Yes. Okay, how about this? 1%. We'll give him 1% not shitty just because he acknowledges some of the issues here. So Logan points out that the guy's family has been working at that hotel for generations and he has Mm -hmm. nowhere else to go. Maggie doesn't give a damn because Maggie's a piece of shit. So instead of like calling her out, he decides to give her more of the love potion. But because he's a fucking dumbass, he pours like half the fucking bottle into this thing of champagne. Yes. And when she drinks it, it immediately makes her want to ravage Logan. But she has some sort of magical allergic reaction? Yeah, whatever spell work that Psyche was doing in the other scene at her place seems to have come to an end, and Mm -hmm. she's very happy about it. And Margaret is writhing around and speaking some other language, and then she bolts upright, screams that she would love Logan forever, and then she drops. I have a note here that just says, Maggie has a very Catholic funeral, while clearly still in the island. Grumble, grumble, damn colonizers. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. 
Yes, good. So after the funeral, Logan rushes back over to Psyche's place. And this is where your warning previously really comes into play. Because what the fuck, Logan? This is where he starts acting like the full-blown piece of shit that we know he is. And starts beating Psyche up. Yeah, he's throwing her around. He's blaming her for Margaret's death. Just not accepting any kind of responsibility, because I guess why would he? Mm-hmm. And before he can continue choking her to death, he says, you're not worth going to jail for. Ugh, good God. And for the rest of this episode, Logan is essentially what's-his-face from the episode Lover Come Hack to Me. Oh, yeah. He's just... For a second, I thought that we switched actors halfway through the episode. <laughs> yeah. So we cut to Margaret's grave. Logan is drunk and mourning, not the loss of Margaret, but the loss of her fortune. Surprise! <laughs> Surprise! It's Maggie busting out of her grave. And she's hella confused and doesn't understand that she's been buried. Yeah, she's very upset because she broke a nail. <laughs> They immediately start screwing around and, wow, so goth. Fucking on a grave. <laughs> right? Congratulations, you Fuck, two. Fucking on your own grave. That is, like, highest level goth. Yes. Yes. Hardcore metal. Yes. All of the things. Yes. Throw the horns up. Maggie's proclaiming that she just loves Logan so much that she had to come back. Meanwhile, we see Psyche. She puts a pin in one of the dolls. Hmm. Wonder what Psyche's up to. We're on board for Team Psyche here. Yeah. Yes, we are. So we cut to Logan's place and uh, dear old Maggie's been cooking all night and for some odd reason, it smells like death up in there. I, I can't imagine why, but also Maggie in love. I hate it. Oh God, she's somehow oh, worse. <laughs> worse. She's calling Logan snookum wookums. Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, I want to vomit. Ew. Maggie's insisting that he fuel up so that he can bang her all night long. At least five times. Plus dessert. So later that evening, our Dr. Freddy friend comes over for dinner and Logan tells him that he's made the biggest mistake of his medical career, to which Freddy says, I did that in England, dear boy. Why the <laughs> hell do you think I'm in this place? What do you think he did in England? Theories. Give me One. your theories. Declared someone dead and they were buried alive. Two, misdiagnosed someone very important of high status and then they died uh, because of his misdiagnosis. Not sure what time period this is. So, yeah, that's all I got. I was thinking Dr. Death. I was thinking he was Angel oh. Mercy Inc. Ah, that seems almost too kind for him. True, but it always starts out as a kind idea and quickly goes downhill. Ah. At least that's how I feel like they go, according to true crime shows. But yeah. could be wrong. Yeah. Another theory is that, so we know at the beginning of the episode that Logan was using Freddy as a doctor for the Mrs. Fitzgerald. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if that's what he was doing. That was his M.O., like being a very fancy doctor for rich old women. Yes. And just fucking right off when he was needed. Because likely he was in on whatever scheme was going on. Mm -hmm. All good possibilities. Right. And unfortunately, we never get to find out because sneaking up behind him is Maggie, alive and well and approaching with a weapon. And that's when you see a very decomposed Margaret, which I have questions about, but mm -hmm. we'll get back to that, decapitate him. Oh, 
So my comment is, how the hell did she decompose that fast? And only in the face. Yes. So, yes, she was embalmed. It is very humid there, but based on what I know of decomp and FBI, I swear to God, it's not from any sort of personal experience, <laughs> but based on what I know about decomp, especially like humidity, I mean, she would be like bloating because of all the gases. You know, I'm not sure how thorough of like autopsy happened, if they even did one. Did the funeral home do the usual stuff where they take out all the organs? Doubtful. See, I have a lot of questions about the uh, <laughs> scientific basis of the decomp we see Maggie go through in the next scenes. So Logan grabs a gun and is pointing it at Margaret, you know, telling her to stay away because she's a fucking corpse. And Margaret is like, no, I love you so much. <laughs> kiss, kiss, kiss. Yes. I want to make love to you. Just like that. He shoots her and she falls down because, you know, you shoot it and it's dead. Well, Margaret bounces back to life and isn't upset that he shot her, but that he ruined her new dress. Yes. Also, can we point out, Logan, really, really, you shoot her in the torso? You aim for the head. God. The double tap, Logan. Come on, get your shit together. <laughs> so Logan has like this delayed reaction to seeing her getting up and moving and speaking mm -hmm. to him again. That his scream face when he <laughs> runs away is like a combination of a Muppet and a rubber chicken. Oh, it's beautiful. I was cackling. It's it's pure poetry. It's just, it's chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. So he takes off running. Like you said, he looks like full, he's going full <laughs> Kermit. Full Kermit the Frog. And she chases him through the jungle. And guess who steps in the quicksand? It's almost like this episode was foreshadowed multiple times. Right. And at this point, we see Margaret comes into the frame. And the note I have is, Margaret now looks like a Slim Jim that you left in your car for a few weeks in the oh, middle no. of the summer. She oh. has decomposed so much in that short period of time while chasing him. And again, I'm like, yeah, that's not, that's not how decomp works. And I, Questions? Just yes. questions. Lots questions. Of questions. <laughs> questions, comments, and concerns. Yeah. Hey, campers, if you know how decomp works, don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. Feel free to school my ass. <laughs> we have questions and you have the answers. Yes. I hope. So Maggie, a la Corpse Bride, <laughs> is apparently super fucking strong and manages to pull Logan out of the quicksand onto the ground and she wants to jump his bones as yes. she is made of bones. And uh, if I could recreate this episode, when he kicks the lantern at her and she's on fire. Yeah. Blue Oyster Cult's Burning For You would be playing. Yes. Yes. And she says, I'm burning with desire. <laughs> oh. If I ever accidentally set myself on fire, I'm going to say that to Steven. There's a real good chance I will, considering when our dear friend Troy, who is host of the podcast TV and a movie, mm -hmm. we got DoorDash and I set my the DoorDash bag down and I had a candle lit and the receipt just gently, delicately wafted into the candle and I <laughs> didn't notice until it was about a quarter of the way engulfed in flames. Oh, Yep. Oh, I'm really <laughs> glad that Airbnb we're going to next weekend has a no open flame policy. Yeah, that's probably, I, yeah, I probably should never light candles. <laughs> I am, yeah, I'm, I'm bad at that. 
All right. Don't take fire safety advice from me, kids. So Logan thinks he's in the clear and he gets back into his home and starts drinking his whiskey straight from the bottle because he's just like, holy shit, I just survived a corpse. What do? Right. And knock, knock, motherfucker. Maggie's back. She's knocking on the window. I also have a knock, knock joke for you. Yeah? What's that? I apologize for how dumb it is. All right. Go on. Knock, knock. Who's there? It's Margaret. Margaret who? Margaretted the decisions you made yet, Logan? <laughs> hey Yeah, so our lovely corpse, Margaret, is once again back. Surprise, surprise. And now she's skeleton Margaret. That's how I really bl- that's how I wrote her labeled in my notes. Skeleton Margaret busts in. <laughs> And Logan's reaction is to drink something, question mark? Like, he wants to get away from her, and there's Mm -hmm. no escaping her because he realizes they're tied together. Yes. If he's alive, she's alive. Mm -hmm. So he poisons himself. He drinks and eats anything he can find in Freddy's bag. Yes. And then he dies. Womp, womp. But that's not the end. No, because this is the Tales from the Crypt universe where everybody gets what they deserve. Yes. So we cut to Psyche's place. Logan is tied up on Psyche's bed, and it's a very romantic-looking bedroom setup at the moment. And Psyche tells him that there's someone who's been dying to see him. And in walks Skeletal Maggie. Super skeletal at this point. God damn. With Freddy's head in a basket. Quote, I just, you know what, Freddie, it makes up for you being a, this almost makes up for you being a piece of shit. I always said you'd get ahead in life, Logan. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. Until we go back to the crypt where CK is fangirling over Psyche too. Yes, he is. He's sitting there looking chill as fuck with his little coconut drink. He's got shades on. And my only note there is just so many It was literally probably the most pun-filled, and you know how the Crypt Keeper loves his puns. For sure, for sure. Yes, it was the most pun-filled closing I think we've had to date. Just wait. They get better. (laughs) Or worse, I guess, depending on how you feel about puns. But I would assume if somebody is listening to this podcast... They have to like puns to a certain degree. Yeah, if you've made it this far, you're, you're okay with the puns. Well, hello, my friends. This is CK from the Mirths and Monsters podcast. Join me, my companion Finn, and my occasionally satanically possessed cat Ray Puny models. as we investigate the real truths behind some of the most wonderful creatures you can imagine. Are trolls really that thick? Or is it just bad press? Are leprechauns really drunken bums? Uh. Sort of. But there's a lot more to find out. All you need to do is tune in to Martha Monsters Podcast with me and Finn. Till next time, Slancha, your good health. It's everybody's favorite segment, or maybe just mine. Who's that ghoul? Alright, so this episode was directed by a gentleman named Chris Wallace. He's actually a famous effects artist and not a director. He had previously directed The Fly 2, and he to date only has four directing credits to his name, including this episode. So, kind of strange, but... 
you know, for not being a director by nature. I think he did a pretty good job. But his effects work is really where the interesting credits are. He's worked on Airplane, Piranha, Return of the Jedi, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh shit, that's my favorite one. He is the artist behind the face melting scene. Yeah. Yeah. Also, House 2 was a scary ass movie to me. I don't remember that one. I I know the cover. Like, I remember that very clearly in my mind, but I don't yeah, remember anything about the movie. fingered lady. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yep. No, no. Mm-hmm. Scariest fucking person in that entire movie. But I am excited to say he did direct a documentary called Gremlins, a puppet story, which I will be hunting down because <laughs> I love me some gremlins. Mm-hmm. Then we have D.W. Moffat, who played Logan. You may know him from one of these shows that I've never watched, but apparently people seemed to like. Okay. Friday Night Lights. No. Switched at Birth. Mm, Oh. I think it's a family channel show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the one where it's these two girls and one family is deaf and the other one isn't. Okay. Yeah, I never watched it. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, Chicago Med. Nope. And How to Get Away with Murder. Partial. Fun fact. He was featured in the E! True Hollywood story about Steven and Liv Tyler because he was also in the film Stealing Beauty with Liv Tyler. That's cool. Yeah. Then we have Pamela Gein or Guyan. Not really sure. Couldn't find a pronunciation. But she played Margaret. She is a South African actress, and she really hasn't done a lot. She was in a film called The Last Supper, which I believe once I read the synopsis, I believe I've seen it. The plot is a group of idealistic but frustrated liberals succumb to the temptation of murdering a right-wing pundit for their political beliefs. And it also stars Cameron Diaz. Oh, I'd watch that. I think I've seen it. It sounds super, super familiar. Uh, But yeah, she didn't really have any other, like many other credits. And then we've got Aubrey Morris, who played Freddy. He got his start in the 50s on British television. And then he went on to have small roles in, you know, minor films that you may or may not have heard of, like A Clockwork Orange. Oh, can't say I ever watched that one. uh, The original Wicker Man. Oh, shit. The good one, the original, not the really terrible remake with Nicolas Cage. I was going to ask, isn't that with Nick Cage? Oh, which Cage? I mean, it did give us the gempies, which I did. I do enjoy that. He's also in My Girl 2. He was in the Tales from the Crypt film, Bordello of Blood. Yeah. His final role was a guest spot in an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia in 2015, and he sadly passed away July 15th, 2015, at the age of 89. Oh my goodness. Yes. And I buried the lead here because Logan's ex, aka Psyche, is played by an actress you may or may not have heard of. Her name is Janet Hubert. She was, uh, she was this real minor role in this real minor TV show called The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. That's right. She's the OG Aunt Viv, aka Vivian Banks. Awesome. Okay, I'm I know so- this one. <laughs> yes. Okay, if you are a a baby, small, do yourself a favor. Fresh Prince of Bel Air. It is great television. The theme song will get stuck in your head for life. Forever. It is a great comedy. Just absolutely phenomenal. And I loved her. 
as Aunt Viv in Fresh Prince. And it was really sad. There was a lot of drama. Apparently there's some scandal. Uh, and she was actually kicked off the show and they replaced her. And uh, second Aunt Viv, nah, eh, nah, not digging her. But Janet is a trained dancer who studied at Juilliard. She's done a number of Broadway shows. She's had reoccurring roles on One Life to Live, General Hospital. She was recently in an episode of Pose. Yes. Oh, perfection. And she is the author of the book, Perfection is Not a Sitcom Mom, where apparently she spills some of the tea about life on the set of Fresh Prince and touches on the drama behind her getting kicked off the show. Ooh. Yes. And honestly, this she filmed this episode the same year she started Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So this episode, I think, really was the big start of her career. Yeah. But, you know, it's my favorite thing in the world when I see that <gasps> CBS after school special yes. time. Yes, this was a CBS school break special, which I don't quite remember the difference between school break and after school, but whatever. This one was called What About Your Friends? Graduation Blues. <laughs> this CBS school break special takes a look at a unique look at the senior year successes and failures of three high school girlfriends as they prepare for college. Can I can I guess what happens? Did you go that much further? <laughs> There's you know there is not a lot on these. Someday maybe we'll do like a spin-off podcast where we track down and watch <laughs> all of these all of these god awful after school and school break specials. You know what? I'm here for that. <laughs> you know, with all the free time we have. And that, those are the actors of this episode of Tales from the Crypt. Fantastic. And now for the important questions. Did you like this episode? I give it one and a half severed thumbs up. Most of that goes towards Psyche, because mm -hmm. I loved her. She was, she just had more presence on the screen than anyone else, and she wasn't even in a ton of it. I did enjoy the story because it was really fabulous watching some real pieces of shit get what they deserve. True. That some of the acting was kind of like, wah, wah. but yeah, Janet just stole the whole episode. Episode. What about you? I'm going to give it one up and one down for the severed thumbs measuring. So I very much enjoyed everybody getting exactly what they deserved. Mm -hmm. Psyche got some revenge and I'm going to assume lives happily ever after. I also just really liked the design of Maggie as she got grosser mm. and grosser. It makes sense that an effects artist directed the episode because the effects, Maggie's effects were really good. Mm -hmm. That tongue, like the last, <laughs> yeah, the last shot. <laughs> the kiss of death. Yes. Uh, the last shot of like the actual, like, that part of the episode is like her tongue is hanging out. She's leaning in for the French kiss and you see that nasty rotted tongue hanging out of her mouth and it's so gross but so well done. Yeah, you can't look away. You you really want to kiss her yourself just to know what it would feel like to kiss a corpse. Uh, or is that just me? That's just, we're just gonna go with that's just you. I'm good. I could smell her from... <laughs> From, you know, from the outside the TV. I'm solid. <laughs> <laughs> I just really like the idea of never-ending love. But don't worry, because we're like two more episodes away from an episode just like this. Yeah. And then there's like five more in the series. <laughs> I think it's a reoccurring theme. 
Well, campers, that wraps up our episode for today. If you want to show us some support, you can follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts and rate us and leave us a review. And if you want to reach out to us, you can reach us at campgreetpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Steve O'Dockerson for a fantastical theme music. You can also find us online on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Camp Creep Podcast and on Twitter at Camp Creep Pod. Tune in next week for a whole new episode of Camp Creep Podcast. And as always, campers, creep it real. real.